And I'm calling uh, this message this morning one word, authorized, authorized. And so as we look at Luke chapter 9, and we're going to be in the word for a period of time and then receive communion at the end of this service. Then he called his disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And verse 2, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Whenever and wherever the kingdom of God is preached, it will not only include salvation, but will also include healing. And then in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, After these things the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. Now dropping down to verse 8, And to whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you, each such things that are set before you, notice verse 9, and heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. And then we look at verse 70. And the 70 <clears throat> returned depressed. And the 70 returned with great joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. This is one of the telltale indicators that you know that you've been authorized, that you know that you've been empowered, is it makes you happy, it thrills you, and causes you to rejoice. You and I have been created for dominion. We have been made by the master for mastery. The word mastery means to have control or superiority over something. I love what the Living Bible says in Genesis 1.26. It says, Let us make a man, someone like ourselves, to be the master of all life upon the earth and in the skies and in the seas. Say it with me, I've been created, created. for mastery. For mastery. Created, created for dominion. And then in verse 8, here's Jesus 18. Here's Jesus' response to them, saying, Even the devils are subject unto us through their name. And he said, Boys, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. In other words, the devil got bounced out of heaven. How many of you know today that he's not what he used to be? On the other hand, neither are you. You're a new creation. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror. But as far as the devil is concerned, he is a stripped, under our feet, eternally defeated foe. He is not just a loser, but he is the loser. And then dropping down to verse 19, he says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Everything in the enemy's arsenal can't hurt you because you and I have been authorized. Amen. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. No accidents, no virus, no attack of the enemy. It cannot, it will not hurt you. I prophesy over that, our church. So what is authority? Well, authority is delegated power. When someone has authority, they've been sent with power 
to transact business. You and I are in the kingdom on kingdom business. Authority gives you the right to command. It also gives you the right to act. I like this definition. It gives you sway and it gives you influence. And so the value of your authority rests on the power behind that authority. And if we looked at Ephesians 1, and we will, in verse 19 and 20, the power behind our authority is resurrection power. It says in verse 19 that we would know the exceeding greatness of His power, that's resurrection power, which is toward us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. Now I want you to pay particular attention. This power is toward you. It's talking about the exceeding great power that raised Jesus from the dead. That power that was released toward you and toward me. When we called upon the name of the Lord for salvation, resurrection power raised us from the dead and brought us into eternal life. And this power is to usward for our benefit. And all we must do is believe it and receive it and enjoy it. Now in Matthew 28, in verse 18 through 20, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, literally all authority, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So when Christ ascended, he transferred this authority to the church. He transferred this authority to you and I. For He is the head of the church, but believers make up the body of Christ. And so Christ's authority then is perpetuated through you and I. Christ's authority is perpetuated through His body. See it. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, the place of authority, and you and I are seated with Him. So take your seat of authority. Take your seat of dominion. Hallelujah. And begin to master circumstances in life. In Ephesians 2, in verse 1, it says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. That word quickened is an old English term for made alive. Say it with me, I've been made alive. And then dropping down to verse 5 and 6, it says, Even when we were dead in sins, He hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Now I want you to read verse 6 with me. Ready, read. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, I want you to see it today. Notice the head, Christ, and the body, the church, were raised together. We were raised together with Christ. Somebody says, where? Well, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21 through 23 says this, We've been raised far above. Far above all principality and power. And might and dominion. And every name. Brenda's going to preach on the name tonight. In every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. 
And not only that, but he has put all things under his feet. Where are the feet? The feet are in the body. We know that the head has dominion, but he's placed all things under the feet of the body of Christ and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness that fills all in all. And so this revolution, this revelation, not just information, we need to go from information to revelation. This revelation of who you are and where you are and the fact that all things are under your feet, it will literally revolutionize your life. It'll change the way you think. It'll change the way that you talk. It will change the way that you walk. It'll change the way that you look at life's circumstances. You will not be looking at them from a place down here, but you'll be looking down on them from a place up there in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians six seventeen, it says, He that is joined unto the Lord is what? One spirit. No wonder Paul said to the church at Rome in the, uh, the fifth chapter in the 17th verse, he said, for if by one man's offense, spiritual death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall do what? They shall reign in life. Your life doesn't have to reign on you. You and I can reign as kings through Christ Jesus. For we've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. And He has made us unto our God kings and priests. That'll cause your heart to get happy today. Reigning over circumstances. Reigning over poverty. Reigning over whatever the enemy throws your way. Saints, I prophesy over you that you have the ability to reign in life. So go do it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. So we have authority. We've established that from the Word of God. Amen? We've defined authority. Now let's define authorized. What does authorized mean? Authorized means to have been given authority, to give someone the right to act or to command, but I like this one, to empower, to give one the power to act. Listen to this one. To be authorized means to be deputized. Deputized to send with a commission to act for another. To, to be authorized not only means to be empowered, but it also means to be enabled. Amen. One dictionary says it this way to be authorized means to give the, to be have given the go ahead. Amen. Go ahead and take your authority. Go ahead, child of God. Rise up in the name of Jesus. Rise up in the blood of the Lamb. Amen? But it also means to be given the green light. Hallelujah. So you and I have been authorized. Now we know that the enemy is a liar. And he will come to challenge your authority. He will come to challenge the fact that you have been authorized. Now we know that he did this with Jesus. If you look at Matthew chapter 21 and verse 12, it says, Then Jesus, he went into the temple of God, and he drove out all those who brought and sold in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. I mean, he had just about had enough. 
And here's what he said. He said this. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of what? Did you know that when Heart of the Bay Christian Center establishes themselves as a house of prayer, it will also become a house of power. Hallelujah. When we chase out things that shouldn't be here, devils, demons, and evil spirits, this house becomes a house of prayer, a house of power, and a house of miracles where Jesus is Lord and He is glorified. Hallelujah. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. But you've made it a den of thieves. Now notice what happened when he chased out all that was wrong in the temple. In verse 14, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. And what did he do? He healed them. Don't you know the folks that were lame and blind that day that God healed, don't you know they were happy? Don't you know they were full of joy? But there were ones that were not. The scribes and the Pharisees were not happy about it at all. The religious leaders of this day got absolutely upset because Jesus would do such a thing in the temple. And we see this in verse 23. In verse 23 it says, Now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching. Think about it. They probably interrupted him right when he was taking a text. Right when he was teaching. They confronted him. How many of you know that religion can be confrontational? And here's what they said to him. By what authority are you doing these things? How many of you know that is not the Holy Spirit speaking through them? This is a demonic force that is literally speaking through them. By what authority are you doing these things? In other words, who authorized you to do this? They were upset because he didn't check in with them. They were ticked off because they did not consult with him. And as we see, he drove out sickness and blindness and lameness that day. What Jesus literally did, he cleansed the temple so that the temple could be a holy place where the Holy Spirit could move. And what I want you to see this morning, that was the temple of God in those days, but now you are the temple of God. And I want to look at some scriptures and establish this strong in our heart. It says in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, And the 16th verse, oh, this is good verse here. He says, Know you not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God, where does He live? He lives in you. Look at your neighbor and say, The Holy Spirit lives in you. Declare this, I am the temple of God. Think about it. Now, in the temple of God, the temple of God is to be pure. The temple of God is to be holy. You and I have been set apart for sacred use for the last days. In a great house, there are not only vessels of wood and hay, but in a great house, there are also vessels of gold and silver. 
And you and I are to be prepared unto every good work so that we would be meet for the master's use. We have authority. We've been authorized. All we've got to do is keep our temple holy, keep our lives intact, and you watch the power of God and the authority of God flow through you. See, in this temple, there is to be freedom. There is to be freedom in your body. There is to be freedom in your mind. I like what uh, Corinthians says. It says, now the Lord is that spirit. Now remember this. And where the spirit of the Lord is. We have already discovered that the spirit of the Lord is in us. For we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So in your life, there ought to be liberty. In my life, there ought to be freedom. Amen. Freedom from anything that would contaminate. Freedom from anything that would hinder my mind. Freedom from lack. Freedom from uh, poverty. Freedom from depression. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, ladies and gentlemen, there's liberty. There's liberty. There is freedom. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. The Amplified Version says it this way. There is liberty, emancipation from bondage. The Word of God is our emancipation proclamation. We are to make declarations of our freedom and our liberty in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And then... Looking at 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. I want you to get that. Christ in you, the hope of glory, which is in you, which you have of God. Now notice the rest of that verse. And you are not your own. What this is saying is that we have been bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. And now that we are part of God's family, we are not our own. Now listen to this statement. Never let the enemy get comfortable on territory that does not belong to him. I'm going to say it again. Never let the enemy... Get comfortable on territory that does not belong to him. You're the temple of God. So what we're saying this morning is this. You've been authorized. Anything that defiles should be driven out. Oppression should be driven out. Fear should be driven out. Depression, disease should be driven out. And of course, the enemy will come along and say, well, you've got no authority. You've got no power. Just shut up. Sit down. Who authorized you to do this? He says this today. Who do you think you are? I tell you what, Mr. Devil, it's not who I think I am. It's who I know I am. I'm a child of God. You're a child of God with authority. We've been authorized. Now it's time for us to act authoritatively, confidently, assertively, boldly. 
where the enemy is concerned. You and I have the keys of the kingdom. And whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So rise up and resist those lies. Take your authority. Say with me, I have authority. I have been authorized. Now I can be authoritative. A person who lives authoritatively does not have a victim mentality. A person who lives authoritatively has a victor's mentality. And I love the fact that they sang that song today. All I see is victory. All I see is victory. When you look into the perfect law of liberty, you will not see defeat. You will not see depression. You will not see lack. When you put, look into the perfect law of liberty, you will see victory. You will see glory. You will see Jesus. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you today to keep looking. Keep studying. Keep meditating. Keep speaking. You see, when one acts authoritatively, what happens is they begin to exercise their authority with words and actions. They exercise their authority with their words, with their declarations, and then they act it out. You know, years ago, there was a young lady that wanted to play in the WNBA, which is the Women's NBA, National Basketball Association. And she put a tattoo on her arm, future WNBA player. She wanted that so she could see it because it was her vision. All she could see was playing in the WNBA. And she made it. She made it. Well, what I want to tell you today is this. You can tattoo God's word in your heart. Let it dwell in you richly. Meditate on it till it becomes real down on the inside of you. Where you can see victory. Where you can see yourself not playing in the WNBA, but where you can see yourself as a more than a conqueror and you can begin to prophesy your future. Prophesy your future. Declare just how it's going to be. Amen? Amen. Are you getting anything this morning? So what have we learned? Say it with me. I have authority. authority. Number two, I've been authorized. authorized. And number three, I will act authoritatively. Now before we receive communion, I want to talk about a very important area of authority we must act authoritatively in. And that is over fear. Over fear. Fear is everywhere. Fear is everywhere. But fear is foreign to your recreated human spirit. Fear is not on the inside. Fear is on the outside. And what needs to happen is faith on the inside needs to grow and to be developed to where the faith on the inside overcomes all fears on the outside. The psalmist said, I sought the Lord. And what did he do? He delivered me from half of my fears. No, thank God he delivered you from all of your fears. Amen. So build yourself up in the word of God. It is able to give you an inheritance. Spend time in this word. Think about it. Ponder it. 
Meditate on it. And you will go from just mere information to wonderful revelation knowledge. Now here's what Jesus said, and I, I, I'm just going to quote what he said. He said that men's, men's hearts will fail them for looking after the things that are coming upon this world. There'll be apprehension because their expectation is not of good. Their expectation is of bad. Now Jesus told us this in John 14, 1 and in verse 27. And I want to look at that. John, the 14th chapter and the first verse. What does it say? Okay, we got to do a little bit better. Okay, I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, or agitated. You believe in and hair too, and trust in and rely on God. Believe and inherit to and trust and rely. Now I want you to notice this first part of this verse. Do not let your hearts be troubled or distressed or agitated. Whose responsibility is that? It's my responsibility. When trouble comes, I'm not to yield to it. I'm not to allow myself to be stressed out. And when the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, I'm not to be agitated, fearful, or distressed. Now look at verse 27. Same verse. Let's read together. One, two, three. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed, and do not permit yourself to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Stop it. Stop it. When the devil starts talking to your mind, you command him to stop in the name of Jesus. You've been authorized. Act authoritatively. Refuse to be fearful. Refuse to be intimidated. Bind it. Command it to desist in its maneuvers. Amen? So you have authority over fear. Can you say amen? In other words, we're not giving him any permission and we are not giving him any place. Say this with me. I refuse to have my peace disturbed by people, situations, or circumstances. Now, look at John 16 and verse 33. Hallelujah. This is the fast class. You guys listen so good. It's such a privilege to preach to you. Notice in John 16, 33. Can you read a little bit longer? Okay, one, two, three. I have told you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. 
Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it. Praise the Lord. You're getting a spiritual boost today. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. The Greek word tribulation means pressure, stress, adversity, crushing, distress. It means a squeezing. You see, the enemy's plan is to use tribulations to crush us or to squeeze us. Why is that? He is after our peace. But here's what Jesus said to do. When the squeeze is on, he told us to be of good cheer. And literally, I heard years ago, Jerry Savelle preach a masterful message on that. And he said, be of good cheer means to brighten up. It means to rejoice, do a dance, and spin around. Try that one on for size some morning. PC, pre-coffee. Be of good cheer. In other words, brighten up. It's not all that bad. God is all good. Do some spinning. Do some rejoicing. Do some dancing. It'll drive the devil completely crazy. It'll make him crazier than he already is. I mean, in the natural realm, it seemed like everything's going wrong. But glory to God, you're acting like everything's all right. Look at your neighbor and say, everything is going to be all right. And my house and my temple, because I've been authorized. Ha ha. Glory to God. Let's shout for about five seconds. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so we enforce Satan's defeat. We keep walking in victory over fear by responding the right way, by rejoicing, by giving thanks in everything, by praising Him. You want God to inhabit your household? Praise Him, for He inhabits the praises of His people. My friends, Jesus has deprived the world he has deprived the coronavirus of its power to conquer us. Can you say amen? And you and I can maintain a peace that passeth all understanding. In closing, let's look at Philippians 4, 6 through 8. You guys read so well. I think I may hire you as my readers. One, two, three. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving... Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise. And I will keep you in perfect peace as you stay your mind 
on me, says the Lord. Peace, peace. Shalom, shalom. Nothing missing and nothing broken.